Welcome to Lessons from the Helpful Dead, where you'll learn the world is not what it seems and you are much more than you think you are. Here you'll learn about positive and reassuring messages from supposedly dead people whose main purpose is to help us. Find out what happens after we die, why we're here, how we got here, where we're going, and discover that you are really a powerful eternal spirit. I'm Dan McEnany. Today, we'll continue our discussion of information that supports the notion that we are all tourists. Now, as you've seen, Edgar Cayce and Bob Monroe, while they were living in a human body, they both had experiences and got information that indicates they were traveling through the universe, much as tourists might. They came upon the Earth, the Earth-time-space illusion, and decided to try it out resulting in the number of lifetimes as humans on Earth. Okay, now today we're going to take a look at the spirit entity Seth, who explains that, just like Casey and Monroe, we're all spirits, and the Earth experience is just one of many that we have in a timeless universe. Now, to convey the explanations of Seth as best I can, what I did is I went through Seth Speaks and found specific points that he made, relating to us as travelers. And I've paraphrased that information in this discussion. So what you're hearing is just my interpretation of Seth's explanations. I'll be grouping them under various subjects leading to the one main subject, which is that our existence goes beyond this reincarnational reality. So from this point on, all the Seth explanations that are discussed, they should be considered my analysis of parts of Seth Speaks, where I attempt to summarize, analyze, comment on it, paraphrase it, and so forth. Um, None of this information, therefore, is original with me. And I strongly recommend that uh, anyone interested in learning more read actually both of the books I've mentioned a number of times, Uh, Seth Speaks in the Nature of Personal Reality, authored by Jane Roberts. Now, in order for Seth's descriptions of our existence beyond reincarnational reality to make sense, it's necessary first to address other subjects. And these include the nature of our soul, well, that's us, making sense of the human time-space illusion, that's earth life, our experience between lives, the definition and nature of God, what's happened uh, to earlier advanced civilizations that dwelled here on the earth, communication in uh, dreams and the connection between all realities, both physical and non-physical, and we need to address evolution and how consciousness using electromagnetic energy units forms physical reality and what we can perceive in alternate states of consciousness. Now, when I refer to evolution there, I'm referring to the evolution of consciousness, as you'll see. Now, as I go through all of these ideas, a lot of it's going to be very repetitious of other discussions, but I don't mind repeating this information now uh, because I want it all to be right there for you because we're leading up to our one main point that we have in existence beyond the reincarnational reality, and that we're timeless spirits who participate uh, in 
many universes. Today I'll attempt to just uh, confine myself to one idea or one concept that Seth explained, and that is the nature of the soul, what we really are. The main point here, as Seth explained, is that we are much more and much more powerful than we give ourselves credit for. Not only are we more than what we think of ourselves to be in one physical lifetime, which you know I refer to as our focus personality, but our larger identity, as you know by now, the full extent of our being is much more than the combination of all of our reincarnational personalities. As we normally think of ourselves, we assume we're conscious beings in a physical body, generally not able to extend our consciousness beyond our physical bodies. The self that we're aware of, as I've noted many times, is our ego self, the part of us that deals with the external world as we perceive it. But another part of us, our inner self, is aware not only of our physical world, but also many other realities, some physical and some not. Now, our inner self is also the part of us that connects us to what I call our big self, which is a larger gestalt, or structure of consciousness, a larger <clears throat> gestalt that is the source of energy not only for us, but also for many other focused personalities. It projects a portion of itself into various realities, not just the one we know, and that includes not only our past and present selves, but the past and present selves of other focus personalities, personalities, and the probable versions of all of us, us and our probable selves. Now, probable versions of ourselves are spun off continually whenever we give a lot of thought and emotion to a decision and decide to make one probable action the one we experience in the physical world. So someone might give a lot of thought to becoming a pilot, uh, for example, but also to becoming a, a professional swim instructor. And after a lot of consideration, they decide on becoming a pilot, and they become a pilot. And another probability, however, there's a version of them that becomes a professional swim instructor. So both versions are real in their respective realities, and both think that they are the authentic self, totally unaware of the other probable version of themselves. <clears throat> now, as you can imagine, with all the major decisions that millions of us make in the course of our lives, and all the major decisions made by localities, states, and countries, corporations, nonprofits, social agencies, associations, clubs, and much more, you can see that the world of probabilities must be vast indeed, really vast. It follows that our big self, just, just to be aware of all these realities in all these time frames, and to provide the energy for all the individual personalities who create them, well, that big self must be an impressive and powerful entity indeed. And that's who you are. You are that impressive and powerful entity that's powering all of this. Now, for purposes of dealing with different realities, we do assign portions of ourselves specific duties such as dealing with the human time-space illusion as a focus personality, which all of us are doing. But there is, in fact, no real division. We are our big self, our soul, if you like to call it that, 
where we are our big self currently inhabiting a physical body while other portions of ourselves are focused elsewhere in many different realities, helping to co-create those realities as we co-create this one. So we are indeed powerful, eternal, and multidimensional beings. Now Seth explains that the soul, that's us, remember, the soul is a multidimensional infinite act with each minute probability brought into existence somewhere, materialized in a physical reality or actualized in a non-physical reality. But while we're focused so tightly in a three-dimensional reality as we are now, we're not able to understand or experience the majesty of our own greater existence. Now, Seth mentions more than once that our slightest thought or emotion gives birth to worlds. Now, that's, that's hard to comprehend, but he makes that statement more than once, that our slightest thought or emotion gives birth to worlds. Not only that, but it's impossible for any idea to die or any ability to go unfulfilled. That's amazing. Each probable system creates other systems. And all systems of reality are open so that any one of them can affect the other. And any act brings forth an infinite number of unrealized acts that will find materialization or, if it's non-material, actualization somewhere. I, I, it brings me back to the thought that, uh, you know, a, a smile, a kind thought, an act of kindness uh, can make a flower grow somewhere else. Anyway, we are all in the center of a gigantic cosmic web of probabilities so that thoughts and emotions go forth from each of us in all physical directions and in non-physical directions that are invisible to us while we're also the receiver of signals of thoughts and emotions coming from others. The energy exchange that we set in motion appears to us as objects and events, but it also appears to personalities in other realities, in forms or non-forms suitable for the root assumptions in their reality, which might or might not closely resemble our reality. Now, I've talked a lot about consciousness and how it goes about co-creating realities, but difficult as it might be to imagine existence without consciousness, we are not just our consciousness. Now, this is a hard one to get around. Con consciousness is an essential characteristic of ours, something that belongs to, er to us, to you and me, right? At both the big self soul level and the level of focus personalities. But the soul is more than just its consciousness. It's a focal point of reality. There you go, a focal point of reality from which other realities spring forth. Its creations, its creations roam far and wide. Seth explained, for example, that Rupert, the larger entity of which Jane Roberts is part, Rupert and self, Seth, <laughs> Rupert and Seth were originally a portion of the same entity, but that Rupert evolved along his ways 
and Seth along his. Both of them independent entities, but both part of larger selves. So here are some of the most important things to remember about your soul, and that's you. The soul is a powerhouse of creativity, creativity that shoots out in all directions. It's not something we have. It's what we are. It must, by its nature, be forever changing. And it has its existence not just in our little reality, but in many other dimensions. Its fulfillment does not depend on arriving at any point. <laughs> That's something that might surprise a lot of people. <clears throat> the soul's fulfillment does not depend on arriving at any point, spiritual or otherwise. There are no limits to it. Boundaries would enclose it and deny it freedom. So it cannot have boundaries. Now, as I've mentioned before, Seth claims the soul, that's us in our larger sense, is the most highly motivated, most highly energized, and most potent consciousness unit known in any universe. Well, that's quite a statement. As such, it contains unlimited potential. And within it are personality potentials that are simply beyond our present comprehension. Remember, this is us, our own souls that he's talking about. And it, he further claims that in many ways, the soul of each of us is an incipient God or a God in the making. So I'll let you ponder that one on your own. Now, each of us is our soul. That's what we are. Each of us is our soul, focused in human time-space illusion. Right? Defined that way, each of us is a prime identity, one that is a gestalt or combination of many other individual consciousnesses. It is, the soul is, means we are, an unlimited self that can and does express itself in many ways, forms and non-forms, while still retaining its own identity. It can merge with and travel through other energy fields to explore literally endless possibilities, possibilities of development and expansion, but all the while retaining its own I amness, as Seth terms it, our own awareness of ourselves as an individual entity. All right, so... The positive realizations to take away from all this are that our soul possesses the wisdom, the information, and knowledge that is part of the experience of all its personalities. And because there's continuing inner communication among its personalities and no closed systems of reality, the knowledge of one is available to any other right now in our present moment. <clears throat> it's only our limited perception necessary to this point for us to deal effectively with conditions here on Earth and the human time-space illusion. Right? It's only our limited perception that pre prevents us from realizing that. But we are a soul right now. Uh, again, I'm repeating, but we aren't just the focused personality. We are a soul right now. 
The soul within us is perceiving right now, but its methods of perception are much broader as they were before our birth and after our so-called death. A soul doesn't suddenly change its methods of perception when we're born or die. It's only the focus personality of the soul, right? The focus, pers- the focus personality portion of us that does that. <clears throat> you and me, the focus personalities, will never be destroyed or lost. The soul, that's us, will continue to grow and develop and expand what the soul knows itself to be. Now, we focus personalities remain distinct and individual, but we will also know that we are one manifestation of our soul. All right, that's a lot to consider right there. That's an awful lot of uh, concept, concept to think about uh, and, and ponder. So I'm going to stop here today, and um, for our next session, we'll go on to Seth uh, helping us make sense of the earth life here. Again, I'm Dan McEnany bringing you Lessons from the Helpful Dead.